0: Welcome to Good Enough Creative, a podcast for creative people. Hello again, my friend. Welcome back. I'm your host, Marie Green, and today we're talking about self-sabotage. Being creative is such a deeply personal experience. So much of who we are and what we care about finds its way into our art and into our lives. But lending ourselves to the creative work we love can sometimes come with a little baggage. Sometimes the thing standing between us and living our best creative life is us. Was this episode partially inspired by Taylor Swift's song, Antihero? A little bit, yes. (laughs) In the song, she says, hey, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. And when it comes to creativity and self-sabotage, our biggest obstacle really might be us. Today, I want to talk about 10 ways we can get in our own way as creatives and how we can stop sabotaging ourselves. Number one, self-talk. How we talk about ourselves and to ourselves about the things that we create matters. It influences how we feel about what we do and about ourselves, and it can influence our mood throughout the day. What we say when we speak can help manage how we feel. So if you're criticizing yourself or your work, you're not going to feel great about making time to do it. Self-talk is a great way to manage what you're feeling, but it's important to make sure that you're talking to yourself the way you talk to someone you care about. Often we are our own worst critics. Number 2 having unrealistic expectations. Expectations are tricky. As an optimist, I try to always expect the best, but sometimes what I think will happen and what actually happens are not one and the same. Can you relate to that? Managing your expectations requires flexibility. We have to accept that our best effort is good enough even if the outcome is not what we hoped. Having unrealistic expectations is one of the surest and fastest ways to sabotage ourselves, but we can escape disappointment by learning to be more flexible in our thinking and by recognizing the lessons rather than focusing on what we wished would have happened. Anytime we believe that we need a situation to turn out a certain way in order for us to be happy, we're setting ourselves up to be disappointed. It doesn't mean we can't go into the next project with optimism. In fact, I hope we do. But if something goes sideways, we can lean into our own resilience and recognize the opportunity for learning. Sometimes I see knitters who jump into a project expecting it to be easy and then feel frustrated when they hit a few speed bumps or when something doesn't turn out the way they expect. But what if instead of expecting it to be easy, we just expect it to be fun even hurdles can be fun when it comes to creativity because it means we get the opportunity to problem solve. You get to be your own hero as you find your way through the unexpected. We won't always get what we expect, but we can turn any experience into a positive if we try. The third way we sabotage ourselves creatively is that we listen to someone else's voice, specifically a negative voice, instead of our own. Maybe someone in your life said that what you're making isn't good enough or that giving yourself time to pursue art is frivolous, or if someone said you're wasting your time, there are countless ways that other people, without even really meaning to, can become the negative voice in our heads. But so much of what other people say to us is just their own projection. When someone feels inadequate, they'll project that onto the people around them, Inadequate people want other people to feel inadequate too. Misery loves company, remember? When it comes to creativity, the loudest voice you hear should be your own. Do you believe that your art matters? Do you believe that it's important to make time for art in every day or every week? Do you see the value in the time you've spent creatively? Strengthen your own voice and practice positive self-talk so you can drown out the negative voices that might otherwise try to discourage you. Number four, being closed off to learning. We will never arrive at the finish line of learning. We'll be learning until the day we die. Every single day, something new will cross your radar and it'll be brand new information. Or maybe you've heard it before and you forgot, so it'll feel new. But what happens to us is that sometimes we can start to feel pretty set in our knowledge and be a little bit resistant to finding out that there might be new ways of doing things. Believing that we already know everything we need to know crowds out any opportunity for new information and learning that can expand our experience. When we become closed-minded to the idea that there's anything left to learn, we really close ourselves off from growing creatively. Being creative and living a whole creative life requires us to be open to new information and open to growth. We have to believe that there's more to learn, because there is, and also because that's how we continue to evolve as makers. It's how we become better, more interesting, and more inspired versions of ourselves. As soon as we believe there's nothing left to learn, we will stand squarely in the way and keep ourselves from moving forward. Number five, being unwilling to get out of your comfort zone. Oh, comfort zones are tricky, right? We love them because they're comfortable, but they can be sort of a cozy little prison. Being comfortable feels good because it's a space where we don't have much, if any, resistance. It's easy. It's familiar. But one of the quickest ways to sabotage ourselves as artists, makers, and creatives is to stay too comfortable for too long. If it's been a while since you stretched, since you did something new and unfamiliar, then ask yourself if it's time. I love to do the things I'm good at, but I don't know that I would grow very much if I just kept doing what I already know how to do. It's when I expect myself to stretch and when I try something I've never tried before, when I decide I'm going to learn how to do this challenging new thing, I have to confront new and uncomfortable feelings. But getting out of your comfort zone will boost your confidence. It will light your fire of inspiration. And if you've been feeling stuck or uninspired, getting out of your comfort zone is the quickest way to get back into the flow. Number six, not setting healthy boundaries. I'm currently rereading a book called The Book of Boundaries by Melissa Urban. I've read this book once before, and it was full of powerful aha moments, but it's also one of the most challenging books I've ever come across. Because if there's one thing I struggle with personally the most, it's boundaries. Setting a boundary feels like I'm being mean or selfish. I will always come through for someone else, but coming through for myself and for the boundaries I set around my own time and energy, that's where I falter. I included this one on the list because this is how I personally sabotage myself and I'm hopeful that someone else listening is going to recognize this struggle in themselves too. I really admire other people who set clear boundaries and they feel comfortable enforcing them. I was raised to be a people pleaser and to always make sure everyone else is happy, even if it means putting my own goals, my own energy, and my own sanity at risk. This might look like working from home, but other people think just because you're home, you're available. So you might be spreading your time thin or having to work a longer day because it was hard to say no to those who wanted your time while you were trying to work. I hear this same kind of thing from friends who've retired, that people assume that just because you're retired means you're available. If we fill every ounce of our time with the demands and expectations of others, there will never be anything left. This might look like carving out a day off to work on your writing deadline, but then feeling pressure to say yes to a friend or someone in your family, which will eat up all the time you set aside. Been there, done that. Setting boundaries around our time and our goals is important, and not doing so will lead to resentment. That is a huge one for self-sabotage. Author and social scientist Brene Brown says we should choose discomfort over resentment. It's uncomfortable to say no. It's uncomfortable to carve out time for yourself to be creative or meet your own goals, but if we don't, the alternative is to feel frustrated, exhausted, and resentful. I'm working on honoring the boundaries I set around my own time. I know what I need better than anyone else, and you know what you need better than anyone else. We know what it takes to bring our best selves to the people we love and care about. And sometimes that means we have to say no to things that might disappoint other people. But the people who will be most upset about us setting boundaries are the ones who most benefit when we don't have any. Whether it's a boundary around your time for art, around your time for journaling, around your time for a nature walk or practice or reading or whatever it is that will fill you up and help you show up in your life in a bigger way, that time matters and no one else will carve out that time for you. Number seven, comparing yourself to others. When I was a younger maker in the pre-internet days, it never really occurred to me to compare anything I made to anyone else. I never really thought about it. I thought I was making things for the joy of it, and because I liked to keep my hands busy, it helped that I also didn't know anyone else who did the same things I did. So there was technically no one else to compare myself to. So yeah, that works pretty well. But then Instagram and Pinterest and all the things. Do you ever look at all the amazing things that other people are making and doing and posting and you feel like yours doesn't measure up? Here's the truth about comparison culture. When we compare ourselves to other people, we're comparing our backstage messy blooper reels with the front stage highlight reels of everyone else. Most people aren't posting their failures or the ones that didn't work. They're posting the best angle from the best result. When I'm on camera, I'm set up to show the best part of my office and not the messy pile on the floor next to my desk. Comparing our behind the scenes, because you know what you're going through, no one else knows, so we see all that behind the scenes stuff, comparing that to someone else's best day is just not a fair fight. There's no way to compare apples to apples. So, our best bet is to not do it at all. Someone else and their journey is their business. There's this darling influencer named Tabitha Brown, and she has this saying that something is her business or isn't her business. And I love to think of it like that. When I see someone else winning at life, I'm thrilled for them and I'm so glad that they're in their moment. But their results have nothing to do with me, it's not my business. My business is to keep growing and learning and being flexible so that I can live my own best creative life. Comparison really is the thief of joy. Number eight, being rigid. Expecting the best is great, but not everything will turn out the way we hope. If creativity is anything, it is unpredictable. Sometimes that means it's messy. Sometimes that involves surprises. And more often than not, it means getting a different result than we might expect. Being inflexible is a great way to sabotage yourself. It will set you up for disappointment and frustration and make it a lot less fun to experiment. It's hard to let yourself be new at something if you expect perfection. We have to imagine ourselves in the kind of creative playground where it's okay if we fall off the swing sometimes. Just don't break a hip. The more flexible you can be with yourself, the more flexible you'll be with others too. Number nine, taking things too seriously or... Not seriously enough. These are two sides of the same coin and both lead to self sabotage. Taking things too seriously might look like expecting perfection and feeling like a failure when something doesn't work out. Not taking things seriously enough might look like deciding to knit a sweater without knitting a gauge swatch. You might have heard me talk about this in a recent episode. If you're not a knitter, a gauge swatch is this little test piece that you make first to make sure that your sweater will fit. I can't tell you how many people have told me they're just going to throw caution to the wind and start right into the sweater, but then they're frustrated and disappointed when they get to the end and it actually doesn't fit. The quickest way to sabotage yourself is to skip important steps that you know, even if they're tedious and maybe you don't want to do them, you know they're how you can help yourself succeed. Skipping those is a surefire way to set yourself up to fail. Another great example is the woman who participated in my annual four-day knit along. It's a whole thing. This coming year will be the eighth annual. You'll have to check it out if you're into knitting. And the pattern I had designed had an unusual little stitch detail. So I created a tutorial video to show everyone how to do it. I also had written instructions, but I knew it might be a little tricky. And the video walked you through the process step-by-step and made it pretty much foolproof. There was this woman who posted in the group that she had tried the technique seven times, never had any success with it, and she was giving up on the whole project. I was bewildered at how challenging she seemed to think it was, and I was honestly kind of surprised. I had asked her if the video video hadn't been helpful in understanding the way the stitch is constructed, and her reply stunned me. She said she never watched it. You guys, it's linked in the pattern in multiple places, and it's there to help you succeed, to make it so easy that you don't have to struggle. Why struggle when the answer is right there in front of you? I've never seen a more obvious form of self-sabotage in my life. Use the resources that are available to you to help you succeed. And find that healthy middle ground where you're giving yourself the support to succeed, but also allowing for the unexpected and not requiring perfection. Last but not least, number 10 is not making your art a priority. This is also tied with boundaries, but I think it deserves its own spot. If you're committed to living a more joyful, creative life, then you have to make time for it. How will you get better in your art if you don't allow the time to practice? It's no different than playing a sport and showing up to the big game without ever having practiced. But another way I see this show up for creatives is in putting off your own goals until the last minute and having to rush or letting everyone else's priorities consume your time. If something is important to you, carve out the time, make it a priority. We can be our own best cheerleader or our own worst enemy. Self-sabotage really gets in the way of creativity. Do your best to recognize the areas where you're getting in your own way and help build some new pathways to support yourself instead. If you love this podcast and would like to support the show, please consider becoming a premium subscriber like Karen, Patty, Diane, and Krishna. Thank you so much for your support. Until next time, my friend. You've got this.